day. Would you like to feed Dayton? It's hungry. All right, guys, welcome back to Spice Radio. I'm Ben Job. Today we got the guys from Defeated Eden. What's up? All hey. four of them. What's I think there's there's one or two more. Is that right? There, there's one more. Reese um, couldn't be with us today, our drummer. So We'll get the other. Yeah. It's just the drummer, so, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. He's replaceable. He's easily. So you guys are... <laughs> Is, is there a story behind that already? Yeah, or? there's... there's well, we fired like, him twice, right? Yeah. <laughs> so this is a drummer you can't get rid of, and he's not even we, we, here we tonight. Fired him twice. We, can't, we fired him twice because everybody in the band's quit at least once. Except for except him. For him. him. <laughs> you, uh, well, you haven't quit. quit. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's too new. He's Jeremy's new, yeah. So, so he hasn't got to the quitting point yet. Exactly, so we fired him. So y'all think. He will after he hears this. Well, good deal. Are you guys from uh, Huntsville originally? You come from all parts? Where is it? Where, yeah. where did it happen? It's all parts, yeah. yeah you're from Crossville, spread out. Crossville, yeah. Crossville, Alabama. Okay. Um, Albertville, so, Boaz, all that good stuff. So how long generally. has it been together, going apart and coming together? Uh, six, seven years now. A long time. It's been a long time. I've been with you for like three or four now. Yeah. We've been, Colby came in about three years after we had started, so I'd say it's about six That's when it was real serious then. Yeah. Like when we first started recording our first like album. it's not yeah. now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying like when we really seriously started. <laughs> yeah, because we were, I mean, we played for a long time, yeah. but we didn't call ourselves I never, to He must have been serious for a long time, but he I, must have just got serious. Really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just now got serious. <laughs> Here it comes. All right, guys, we're just in the first part, so like, don't swing until second part. I told you guys earlier. <laughs> For those of you listening, Michael just punched Patty in the no-no spot. In the no-no, right in the no-no spot. Okay. We're going to clean it up for the kids. All right. There we go. Don't worry. It's all edible. It's all editable. Edible? It's all edible. Just so you edible. know, we're really bad at interviews. So. <laughs> that's, and photo that's shoots. the best time. Yeah. We're going to take lots man. of pictures, and ask music. lots of questions. <laughs> so did you guys go by different names? For a while, or we actually just didn't. We have didn't really name. have one. No. Yeah, we just we played. Just, did you play gigs as like the unknown, or just whatever you wanted <laughs> to be we that didn't, night? We didn't really play gigs. gigs. Like, we just kind of sat in, in one place and just we'd come every Saturday and just get together and just jam through a bunch of uh, um, Chevelle songs. Uh, Avenged, some, uh-huh. a couple in particular. Kill Switch. Y'all one in particular. <laughs> I played some Kill Switch. We played some Kill Switch. We played all kinds of stuff. So we kind of came from a. a very wide array of backgrounds. We tried to we got into some tool, of course, because that's a big influence. Oh yeah. So, um, and then we finally just sat down and said, "Hey, let's let's call ourselves something." So we did that. Um, Was it hard? Did it take a lot of brainstorming? Or did, it just um, pop up did someone already <laughs> have the a, idea? I had a whole list, like all these names. And looking back, I know that's corny. I'm not even gonna mention them. <laughs> and he comes in with defeated Eden, so I was like, well, I think I'll throw this list away. <laughs> that's like the first one. What list? Like number one was like Satan's fire or something. <laughs> it's like that's. I'm just kidding. I'm just imagining what it was. I can't remember, but it was bad. Yeah. What Thunder Roses? It was on something. Oh uh, well, he <laughs> he wrote a song called Endless Conversation. Oh, we're gonna so. bring that up. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna bring that up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, so we, we started doing that for a while. We finally came up with a name, and I moved to Huntsville in the midst of mm-hmm. all of this going on. Um, and then I eventually, while I was working in Huntsville, I was still living in, um, I, I moved back home, and I was still working in Huntsville. And I came home one day, and I said, hey, guys, you know what? Screw it. We're going to write an album, and we're going to record it, and we're going to go through with it. And they all went along with it. Yeah, and it <laughs> took a long time. We did not uh, know what really. we were getting into. Mm-hmm. We so broke, I was playing with somebody else. We yeah, yeah that's, before yeah, that's way before Colby. We started we started writing the songs and stuff, and we actually started recording. We recorded all the guitar parts on one computer at one point. Wrote mm-hmm. all the drum parts out. We programmed all the drums. Um, then that computer died. We lost everything. So oh, man, should have quit then. We didn't quit then. We started back over. We got another computer and re-recorded all that from the first album, which was his Carry It, which came to be his Carry It. And um, anyway, midway between that process and when we were about to start recording. I run into this doofus, um, Colby here, and uh, hey. we were just like, hey, why don't you come, you know, fill in, see what happens, just play around. We were, It was just going to be a goof off, because I met him, we'd been mm-hmm. friends for years, so we'd run into each other for years, and he came in, and everything worked out, and we were like, I called him up the next day, I was like, hey, so why don't you just start recording with us, and let's let's really do this. Come to practice the so. next day, and I uh, call about practice the next day, and the funny thing is, uh, not funny, but it's funny now. My house got broke into, so and the whole joke was that 
I was the guy that was there like a couple of days ago, the new guy coming uh, in. Oh, yeah. So so they all assumed that you I case the place. Yeah. 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 yeah, they all assumed that I was the one that broke in. And to this day, we still have our suspicions. <laughs> we really did. No one Stuff was, goes we missing. About you it. know. Yeah. 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 Okay. He was probably on a beanie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so did you come in and have to like redo the whole album with them? No. Like, the thing was, yeah, what they a lot of the songs Chris had wrote lyrics to. And I mean, there was a couple songs on this one that I got to write some, but me and Chris collaborated a lot. And then it was just like, when I started recording, it was one of those things to where I knew like four songs. I recorded those four songs, and then like the next five, I was going through, and Chris would give me the melodies like line by line, how it needed mm-hmm. to be sung, like how he had it in his head. And I mean, that's what it was. I mean, it was one of those when it come to my turn to record. It was like, okay, this is, we're gonna practice it like this, and then it was just over Literally, and over and over, line by line. Colby had to learn the album while yeah. I was recording it. Yeah, well, I mean, it was, which was incredible because we we had a lot of room to move too because we had the general idea. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when he came in, he has his own sound, and his his vocals are not mine, obviously, so we just kind of had to mold and change, and he has a higher pitch than I do, so we had to work with that, and um, it turned out to be spectacular, in my opinion. It worked out really good. Yeah. So yeah. did you know going into it, you were going to make like the metal kind of heavy rock kind of sound? or did... We knew we wanted to be... <clears throat> we were kind of angry at the time, so we wanted to be anti-mainstream. I mean, uh-huh. it was... No faces, no... I mean, we've evolved a lot since then. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, there's still a touch of that in me. I, don't, I hate the mainstream. I just can't help it but because it's not for the music anymore. But we were totally wanted to be who we were mm-hmm. and be rock and roll um, and be who we were and not not apologize for that, you know, and just yeah. be, be metal. And that's what we were. And I thought it was great because we didn't ask questions. We didn't We didn't care if you liked it. I mean, we were a positive message band. We had we have Christian Christian influences, obviously, because um, I mean, I'm I'm a Christian myself. Um, but it all kind of we didn't care if we were playing in a bar or a church. The message was always the same. So it was we wanted to go out there and just be audacious, and I think it was. It was we're not going to play covers. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do yeah, that. We're going to go out and play our original music. And if you don't like it, you can leave. If you do, you can stay and buy an album. So, like, when you're building the band, was everybody in the consensus of, of making kind of metal and hard rock music? This is the first, like, yeah. when I got brought in, it was, these guys were listening to heavier stuff. I mean, I come from a huge punk background. Like, that mm-hmm. was my thing. Like, mm-hmm. play bass, you know, that three-chord fast-paced, just <laughs> right, right, not, right. No, no real vocal harmonies to it. And, I mean, that's that's what I did for years, like six, seven years. But they had watched me in bands before. And then when he asked me, it's like, I got to learn timing. What, 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 what is this? Wait, why do I have to wait? What is what is seven eights? What are you talking about? Yeah, like what is seven eights? You just say come in right there. That's what you need to do. Yeah, I mean, you can literally <laughs> like, see Colby's like whole to, world just like, shattered. Like, like I was like, I would get so okay. Yeah, I got it. He's like, okay, I got it. I don't, I don't got it. I don't got it. I don't. What's happening? I mean, but like that, like playing with these guys made me like so much. Like in the last few years, like I understand more. And like right in the second album coming out, it was. I learned so much more, and like he could explain things to me, and it's like, oh snap, I know what he's talking about. Yeah, well, there's snaps. a lot of there's a lot of pieces in y'all's music, and yeah. I mean, with the drums and the time, like you're saying, yeah, it's crazy. Like, some people never they play music their whole life; they never play they seven, never eight, play. they never play three time, mm-hmm. any of that stuff. And yeah, uh, vocally, it's hard too, because I mean, like I'd never done that. Like yeah. when I'm coming, so y'all were doing like off. like both of y'all were doing vocals on the same tracks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. That's, yeah. That's challenging. A lot of back and forth. It was a lot of harmonies. A lot of the challenge still remains this way to me as far as writing music is, you know, you want it to be different, of course, a, a, and it's not really a formula, but these are some things I always keep in mind. You want it to be different. You want it to be um, unexpected, but you want it to be catchy, Mm -hmm. Um, but you want it to have a backbone that's like a rhythm that, that you don't get until later. Our music was never designed to be understood the first time. It was something I, I wished and hoped that my listener would have to dive in and really explore you know right listening um, and thinking all that right so those are the things that i kept in mind and when i came across you know punk and michael's a lot heavier than i am his music his musical style is a lot heavier throat? uh yeah yeah actually uh, i was actually just, <laughs> just he just weight. wanted to have it recorded yes, yes just for the record that was about his body size so um but when we kind of melded all that together me and reese have actually played together um longer than anybody me and reese have been playing together since we were 12 um, I'm 28 years old now, so it's been a long time. So he and I have always kind of shared a similar interest, and we've always been drummers from a long time ago too. Mm-hmm. So all that kind of came in together. Um, 
And we've been through several um, bass players uh, through the course of this process. Many and years. Many like years. Six or um, something. <laughs> right, right, right. We've also came across Dan, which was a uh, diamond in the rough. Who's Soon really to be. Seven. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then this guy, Jeremy, <laughs> who has definitely uh, filled some shoes that we just gave up on at, at, at the point of when he came in. Um, the cool thing about Jeremy was is um, <laughs> we literally had quit playing for about a year. And this was right after pro- – we're really bad about this. We'll release an album we just won't play. And we'll just chill mm. for a while. And then we'll come back eventually. Well, it's so intense when you're – yeah, it takes so, so much time and energy and it's so much out. work. Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, so – what we did, we would go up to Athens every weekend. I went up to Athens every single weekend. I went four. Um, he went. He went what four weekends? Four, in a row? Man, you went four weekends for about three and a half months. I was going up there every single weekend. I was working mm-hmm. five days a week, and then I'd go up there and I'd spend Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in the studio. I'd come home and work another four days, five days that week. Um, actually, I was working four tens at the time, so I had Fridays off. So yeah, we'd head up there Fridays. Um, we went up there first, did the drums with Reese, and then me and Mike went up there and did the, did all that stuff. Did the bass. And then we came to Colby and our vocals, and that took God, that took four four weeks. So it was a that, long. It was a burnout process. By the end of the summer, I was just ready to say, "I'm so glad to have a weekend to myself, to where I right. don't have to go to that stupid studio." Um, but we finally got it recorded. And so is this quit. and this is like the second incarnation of this album. Yes, this is this is Prodigal. This is the second one. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, this is way after we've completed his carry it and played mm-hmm. many many times um, across the. Pretty much the southeast. Years. Pretty, yeah, it was, it was it was a good, good Indiana, long run. Two, Indiana two years. <clears throat> yeah, well. yeah. Um, and then this guy, we we just kind of took a break for about six months to a year, and then this guy found one of our. Uh, I, yeah, I'd put up a flyer at uh, Guitar Center like God, a year and a half probably yeah. before that when we was having bass bass player troubles before. <laughs> troubles. Yeah, troubles. <laughs> So it was a year, a year and a half later, he got with y'all. Yeah, or? it was yeah, still he, there. It's yeah. like the flyers yeah. still there. I was still there. there for a year, year and a half. Yeah. He and didn't he, even know what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> he called a band. Like, what a band? Like, I don't know, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. I think you got the wrong number. And I think I call, did. I call you back. I don't. Remember. I think so. Yeah. I'm I, glad I, I think I was thinking. Though. Yeah, I was like. Yeah. Oh God! That's, okay, that's what he's talking about. I called him back. Oh yeah, yeah. Got a band. Yeah. It's like all weathered and been up there for years. Got like, coffee stands. Like what is that? Well, <laughs> we didn't really think much of it because given Mike's history of bringing people in, I brought Colby too. <laughs> he did. He was one for two though because the first person he brought in was awful. And <laughs> I mean, he I was probably up a better drunk. singer he, than him. He could not. He had no sense of timing, and I'm not going to call any names, but it was just like a really bad marriage of, of musicians. <laughs> I guess but you yeah, you guys it. kept you playing. Call that. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't tell. I didn't want to be rude in the middle of practice and be like, "That's just not gonna work," you know. So we practiced for about two hours and then told the guy to leave. But anyway, <laughs> this is his third shot, so we we brought hey, Jeremy. He's did, right? he did really well. Patty, Jer- Patty Jeremy really like... picked up the reins and gave it a little more hope than I, than I've had for it. And of course, we we would we're always going to be defeated, Eden, and we're always going to play um, when we can. You know, now we got a lot of things in our lives that are you know you know kids, families, yeah. and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but. Life is as defeated Eden's always going to be there. It's just you know, and whoever Colby marries, <laughs> is there a bet running on this no, or something? No, 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 no. We'll stay out of there. We're anyway. going to stay out. Anyways, of that one. so jerks? that's a that's a dumb jerks? Yeah. Really? Yeah, so where can people good. find your album? Right, right, right. Hell. <laughs> just take a quick oh trip. My God. I like it. It's like cut. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Patty, why don't you talk? Jerry's <laughs> probably not the best of ideas. <laughs> you talk and just tell uh, me where see, they can find it. As long as you guys all make it out of here tonight, I'll be very happy. <laughs> right, right. As long as everybody makes it. I'm gonna punch you next. <laughs> so um, they got it at Pegasus Records, which uh, yes. I played. It's a really cool record store. Yeah, it really, really, is. really cool people. They got an awesome alleyway. I don't know why it's got murals and stuff. I just thought that alleyway is cool, so I just thought I'd mention it. It's very but, rock and roll. Yeah, it's it's very cool. They got good shows there. But lots of interesting bands from out of town will play through there. So mm-hmm. you guys got a show coming up uh, the seventh November. Mm-hmm. That's, That's it. it. All right. mm-hmm. Explain yeah. more of that, Jeremy, because you set this one up. Uh, it's actually uh, one of my friends is actually promoting the show. It's actually going to have a, another DJ there as well. It's actually going to be uh, actually opening up for us more or less. So it's going to be kind of a, a collaboration just to draw a oh, couple cool. of both sides of the crowd, something yeah. for everybody. Yeah, November seventh, right? It, what we don't have. Time I think it's in. eight or nine p.m. Yeah. I have to look at that. Uh, you can check out our Facebook. Ten dollars at the door if you're under twenty-one, and five dollars if you're if you're over. 
Um, yeah, and Iscariot now um, and Prodigal are both on Bandcamp. Um, is it defeatededen.bandcamp.com? I think you can go there and you can actually purchase the songs. Um, mm-hmm. And you guys got you uh, Reverb Nation. And Reverb Nation. Probably Facebook is the Facebook, best way to keep up with Every social yeah, media site. Yeah, we got yeah, Instagram. Yeah. We got like three of them. Oh, uh, <laughs> it just happened. Um, we There's so many a, now. It's so It's actually up on iTunes, and actually Prodigal will be on iTunes um, okay, coming. Um, it'll probably take about a month to get that out because there's a pretty uh, good process. iTunes is very particular about what they allow up and what quality allows mm-hmm. it allows goes it allows to go up. So. We'll have that up. Um, yeah, we we also do a few podcasts ourselves too when we can, when we have the time. Um, you can catch a couple of those on YouTube and some yeah, live performances you, too. Jeremy's put up our uh, a lot of our songs with all the lyrics and stuff. So people that oh, yeah, there's a lot it. of people listening to our music. It's like I can't understand the screaming. You know, you can check out our YouTube channel and yeah, that's it's, true. it's on there. We got the lyric videos and stuff. So he's went yeah. and done all that, which is he did really. And, good and job that's with one it. thing I challenge people: if you like the music, definitely go just read the lyrics because the lyrics are mm-hmm. the focal point yeah. of, of everything. I mean, the music's great. We live for the music, but the lyrics are are the most, in my opinion, the most important thing. We take a lot of pride in what we say and how we say it. So. Well, definitely. Well, y'all got a track off Prodigal. You wanna play for us? Um, absolutely. Uh, I would cut ties with Event Horizon. Sound good. Cut ties. Yeah, sure. that's one of my favorites. So. All right. Do well, this is uh, Defeated Eden with Cut Ties with Event Horizon.
All right, we're back again with defeated Ian. <laughs> defeated Ian. No, did you guys defeat you really, Ian? You really screwed us on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. He it was fun. A great defeated intro. Eden. It's kind of hard to say, so I'll give you it that. Is. It's just, there's a lot of D's in the end. There are, and they well defeated Eden. You have to kind of like take a break. You yeah. have to get yeah. the emphasis. Yeah, no, the emphasis. Defeated is <laughs> <laughs> so Too much D. There's that. Too much D. <laughs> Keeping it clean. This guy knows What's what I'm D? talking about. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. The tromboner. 20 bucks. <laughs> Anyways, you So this is it. defeated Eden right here. This is. In their natural habitat. Yes. Natural habitat. That was off your new album. If yep. you took like a year's worth of work, <laughs> if you wanted to say like, here's a year's worth of work of Defeated Eden, <laughs> approximately two weeks of that's actual musical work. <laughs> the rest of it's, it's about, one big fart joke. Yeah, fart jokes, <laughs> uh, divorce jokes, boner jokes, divorce, divorce jokes. jokes um, Chris going to surgery. Sexual orientation jokes. Um, just all kinds of. Well, it takes a lot of you know pain and work to make an album, so that's it just is. part of the part <laughs> of the magic. Yep. All the outtakes. Out. Yep. Mm-hmm. That you're like you have to delete because it's that, such a shame. A lot of, cu- a lot of cup <laughs> right. checks. Oh, definitely a lot of cup checks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we do that a lot for. That's, a, it's, that's very important in the middle of the song to keep it authentic. You know, mm-hmm. just a little tap mm-hmm. keeps just everything sure <laughs> keeps everything rolling good. <laughs> So, so you guys were working on that for a couple of years, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, did that did that come together like quickly, or did was that God, off and on? No. no, and I'll tell you this: like the way I equate it, no album ever comes quickly, and that well for us anyway. I mean, some people may have the unless you're Kesha, <laughs> yeah. Like I, we, who's Kesha? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but we don't like for us in the past. Like it's never it's never been a quick process because it's always okay. We're done, but it could use some work. Or I'll go back and I I was blessed enough to have um, three months to where. It was kind of a tough, tough thing for me because uh, for three months I was really sick last year, the first of last year, right before the summertime of when we actually recorded. So this was around January, Christmas February. Time. Yeah, you it was right it. after Christmas. Um, so I had three months. I was cursed but blessed at the same time because I had to stay at home and I couldn't work. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of on a medical leave for a while, but I couldn't do anything but sit there and I could pull my guitar in my lap and play it. Right. And, so that's where, and I and I read every form I knew how to read um, that I could read. Um, of course, I know how to read, but <laughs> I, I pulled every yeah. Just to clarify, just point that out, broad. you can't so, read. Yeah, <laughs> I read every form that I knew um, pertained to you know writing and mixing music. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where things really changed technically with Prodigal because is Carrie was really angry. It was really technical too, but. Prodigal matured itself, I feel like, and it it's, it kept that technicality, but it took it one step further. Um, but you know, as a musician, you're never satisfied with what you have, so it took what? three months to kind of put it all together, and then you know, then we we knew how to play it pretty much, and then mm-hmm. we went into the studio and recorded it. So, well, with the writing, do you normally know, like, when you're going to record, do you know exactly what you want, or do, when you get the whole band together, does it change things up? Or yeah, we for me, um, I I want to have it all written before it's recorded we like like for prodigal there was actually during that three months it was all written and recorded once um mm-hmm. so the initial tracks were already recorded we already pretty much knew how to play did dummy tracks if he thought yeah. like a vocal line he would email it to me and say this is what i need you to learn or you know vice right. versa i mean mm-hmm. that's just the way it was a lot of it was him like he said he was really sick and he was he was out of commission i mean he was out for three months work leave but eight months i mean you couldn't we couldn't play or nothing. I yeah. mean, he was still recovering. I mean, it was one of those things. He really died, like, seriously. Like, yeah, no it was joke. rough. I had a rough like, time. Like, no joke. But, I mean, it was just back and forth. He'd email me and be like, this is what I got. You think you can do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll learn it. If I didn't have it learned, he'd be like, oh. let me tell you, in the <laughs> studio with this guy, it, I mean, it makes you a better musician. But, uh-huh. I mean, me and this guy have tied up so many times, especially when it comes to vocals. Because he, he has things in his way, like, we're two different styles, like he said earlier. And, I mean, it was just one of those things where... When we harmonize and stuff, I think it's probably one of the best sounding mm-hmm. vocal harmonies. Well, having two perfectionists can be good, but it's also uh, it's like... It's one of those things. It's like he's the it's, perfectionist, and I'm like, you know, I want to try it this way. And he's already got it in his uh, head. And I mean, it sounds great. Uh, anything he usually tells me to try, it sounds uh, great. But I like to put my own spin on it. And then 
I'm that coming. after four weekends of just being there in a hotel room together for six or seven hours oh, yeah. singing mm -hmm. one stupid line over and over mm -hmm. and over, you just look at each other through the glass and you're just yelling. It's like, no, I'm going to do it this way. No, you're really pissing me off. Well, yeah. you know what? I don't care. You yeah. just walk outside. But I mean, in the, but when it was all said and done, like after I, I he got I the album back. Yeah, he wouldn't have. <laughs> and I, I would have swung and hit him hard as I could. But I mean, I but the passion was there the whole time. It was, yeah. it was. But then yeah. it was one of those things. Like a month or two later, after we started getting like the demos back, like the rough, it was like, holy crap. I that's think that's awesome. what's mature about Defeated Eden is we always, we did get into those arguments and we very rarely get into those arguments. We're really mature about it. But I think the really mature part about Defeated Eden is we go through those hard parts because we know that there's going to be something, you know, that's great at the end of the tunnel. Well, so. it's not, it's not uh, every band that you get to like redo an album almost like where you've had it done once and you you've got the concept and you get to refine it like that like, right that makes we're still it, refining makes it, it now right yeah <laughs> even like we've, we've changed a lot of even what's on the album when we play it live um and that's just kind of a treat i, I wish bands would do that more often it's yeah you know that's kind of the the plus of not having recorded tracks um because you can kind mm -hmm. of do what you what you want to do and that's kind of where we we want to stay too i mean like like I said earlier, I'm not 100% against tracks. You know, I, I know at some point you have to use them, and at some point if it helps the music and it helps get the idea across, then absolutely. But if it's your main conveyance and you can't do anything uh, on the spot or innovative while you're on stage, you know, why do you learn to play the instrument for so right. many years when you can just... And it's, own, it's its own, like, discipline and art. Like, playing it live is it's totally different from being a session. Right. A you see, like, now it seems like you've got all these kids that grew up, um, and, like, I, there's kids that are younger than me, like, 19, 20, 21, that know how to record music, can oh, make yeah. some really mm -hmm. good-sounding albums. Um, but when they go to play live, they don't know anything. They yeah. cannot recreate it. They're scared to death, and if they do recreate it, it's because they got tracks behind right. them. Right. And they're, they're that good at technically at what they mm. do. But we came from the generation, and we're from the, the, the time frame of where you learn to play by getting on stage right. and getting booed or getting on oh, stage yeah. and having a hard time and doing yep. it repeatedly and repeatedly. Forgetting the, repeatedly, easy, forgetting repeatedly. the riffs, like the easiest songs known to man, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's a few few of our members that yeah. had some trouble with that. Yeah, We've, My, all, we've all struggled there, but you know, some of us had some real Mike, trouble. Uh, sit down, Mike. <laughs> ladies, ladies and gentlemen. We won't even go there, but yeah, um, we not come bring that one up. It, it's kind of opposite with us because we came from that generation. We learned how mm -hmm. to play it on stage, and we're trying to catch up with the younger generation on how to record and get our albums to sound as great as they can make their sound. So, right, and it, it, sometimes it's hard to capture that that live feel when you're so used to playing with like a crowd, even if they're rowdy and that they're, they're like trying to ignore you or something. Right, you just just that like. Uh, the feeling with having an audience right there, mm -hmm. I feel like the studio is different place for some people because mm -hmm. you know you feed off the energy of people, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know either either you're they're like they're reluctant they you mean and and you're gonna win them over you know mm -hmm. or or something else you know so it, it is different but uh, I know you you guys got like uh, you you said on your website that your band's more of like an idea mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. than than like a regular band again. Do you want to talk about that song? Sure. Um, you know, it all kind of boils down to uh, what we believe in and, and how we believe it. You know, it kind of came, Defeated Eden kind of came from the, the initial parts of it, really. It all began in Eden, um, as far as, you know, the Bible's context is concerned, where it all started and where it, where it first went wrong. Mm -hmm. So, um, and if you look into a lot of our lyrics, a lot of our lyrics, I, I won't touch too deeply on it because I want everybody to really explore those lyrics. Right. Um, because there's a lot of story going on in there. There's a lot of really passionate things and really clever things. Because um, the challenge for us was to say what we meant and mean what we say, but say it cleverly enough and catchy enough to where it hooks you. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, the music was there to draw you in. The words are there to, st to stay in your heart forever. So we that's the way the songs are designed. They're designed to grab you and confuse you until you want to learn, you listen really hard, you're like, mm -hmm. man, that's awesome. I don't know what's going on yet, but when I get in there and I understand what's going on, um, there's something deeper than right. what's on the surface. So um, there's a lot of ideals, and, and really it kind of talks a lot about the state of mankind. Um, yeah, where, well, I've seen somebody, wrong, the some of the, the videos y'all got. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, it's got it's intense imagery. I mean, it's talking about, like, riots mm -hmm. and, uh, I mean, terrorist attacks, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not, like... 
rainbows and butterflies stuff. That's I mean, right. it's, yeah. it's blunt, but it's mm-hmm. it's blunt in its own clever way. Like, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, like you really have to listen, but it's it's raw. That's the way. Um, it's the, very raw. It's really, and particularly like I just for cut ties with the horizons. I really like that song because there's a really strong message in there that really deals. And each song's different. Each song deals with a different perspective of a different item. It's not all about the same thing. Um, but it all kind of ties itself back to something that, that is very uh, um, common for all of us. But with Cut Ties, it was cool because it really talks about the battle of science and religion. And my stance mm-hmm. on both um, is that both systems have adopted faith in some form or fashion. You know what I mean? Right. Um, um, and to kind of break that song down, it goes back and says, it really talks a lot about how science condemns religion. Religion condemns science when neither one of them really know for sure. Right. So neither one of them can say for sure. One, the only difference is, is one believes itself to be based in faith, and one denies faith, even though it's adopted faith to accept things that it infers. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a classic battle there, and I just I, it's like I what I wanted to do with that song was walk right out in the middle and say, everybody shut up, you're both wrong, right? You're both you're both being idiots. You're not at war with each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're both trying to explain the same thing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and both I both just need to admit the faith part of it. I find in a lot of like conflicts like that, people people spend a lot of time just discrediting the other side. Like, right, they're right. saying like, "Oh, they're they're just stupid. They don't understand." Right, right. But when you do that, you're just ignoring anything that they might understand. Right, and right. you're you're kind of just you're taking things for granted, mm-hmm. and that's not how you grow, really. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and a lot of that goes back to I, I want to point out the folly in the thought process, not the. Not the point fingers at the other side and say, you're wrong, you're wrong. Right. But here at the very foundation of the of the system, here's where it's wrong on both sides. Mm-hmm. You get away from you that know. small-mindedness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, if we'd focus more on what we had in common than what we had in, right. in, as a difference, then things and, would be And learn from each other rather than like, exactly. just Accept ignoring Accept your differences <laughs> and then go forward, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, I, I'm sure you guys enjoy making your music, but do you ever... You ever find like a conflict between just playing music because it's fun and you enjoy it, and like putting forth a mess- message? Like, do you have a? Do you ever feel like there's a, like st- stress or tension there? Like an obligation. Well, like like, like like sometimes you just want to play to feel good, and sometimes you're like, oh, that, you just I just want to like say say this message. Does that ever like? Have I a think problem? every musician comes to that at some point. Like uh, a lot of times we've been doing work, and I'll say it as work because we mm-hmm. go in there and we drive a long way to go to practice, or they drive a long way to go to practice, and we all get in there. And we we go in there and we breathe deeply before we go in because we know we're going to do work. Um, right. It sometimes it's not fun. A lot of times, most of the time, it's not fun. It's business, so, most of the time. Yeah, irritating. It is it's irritating. Yeah. We have to get in there and really realize, hey, we're doing something that is a dying art form. We're doing something that not a lot of people appreciate like they should. And mm-hmm. not a lot of people, will, because the, the market's so diluted with it that... We're gonna fight to to have a spot, but we don't. We've never. Be, I say that, but let me backtrack and say we've never believed in fighting to have a spot because we we honestly do it for the the love of what it is, and right. we we respect the art so mm-hmm. much that we have to give it that attention. So, as far as going in and just playing, we do, and then we feel guilty. So mm-hmm. we'll play, we'll go in and we'll just jam out and we'll goof off. And then at the end of it, I, I don't know about y'all, but I feel guilty because I'm like, okay, I just embarrassed that song. You know, I just didn't mm-hmm. give that song and its message the credit that it deserves. So that's why, that's honestly why I'm so anal and everybody will tell you I'm the, I'm the a-hole of the group most of the time. Hardcore. But it, it works hardcore. out. Yeah. It works out. I'm not saying that in a bad way, but I mean like... <laughs> And I say that, and we make jokes like that, but th- that's exactly what we do to deal with the uh-huh. stress and to deal yeah, with the yeah. tension. And if we don't make jokes and have fun with it, but there is that moment. And I said all that to say this: there's there's a moment that we mm-hmm. all get together on stage, and whether there's one or one thousand people, when we all hit the note right and we're all on, and it doesn't matter, nothing else matters because we're all given the right we're, we're making that song what it should be for the people that are there All and that's when it really yeah, yeah that's when it pays right, out. Right. it's not the money because god knows there's no money in music yeah. right now. um <laughs> no. only the money you're spending speaking mm-hmm. of that you can make your donation yes <laughs> personal message yes. on facebook yes <laughs> buy merchandise Right. Contact Jeremy Price. He takes check, cash, credit. <laughs> yes, we do. We actually got a card <laughs> yeah. sliding machine. Square reader, too. Yeah. Yeah. We moved on up in the world, guys. Yeah, we did. We did it. He didn't. I did. <laughs> we did. Well, that's what's crazy with the, the climate nowadays. There's so much music, really. Well, 
for one thing, everybody can be a producer now, like mm-hmm. laptops. Yeah, mm-hmm. There's all this automation. I mean, there's GarageBand on every Macintosh. Yeah. There's all this stuff where you can like tell a program, all right, make me a pop song, and it makes you a pop song. Absolutely. It's it's honestly honestly made, yeah, it's honestly made musicians less good. I mean, there's not even as great yeah. musicians, even, even that are really popular, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. are probably mediocre musicians just because of the assistant technology now, too. Right. I, I refer crutch. to, I, it's like musical inflation. It's like when money's yeah. inflated, because music now has become inflated, because the the, the, the excuse me shitty music that's created now and the um, and how easy it is to do that discounts the real music and right. discounts the real musicians so there's that even though that happens and even though it's an easier route to do those things to discount that would make us probably sound better and maybe sell more albums and do all that stuff we don't care to because we want to stay true to the art form first and foremost you know um, and I think that's the way I believe anyway. And I think that's what's going to make that's what's made us solid. You know, mm-hmm. we, we that's why we haven't faded after seven years, whether people came to our shows or not. It was because we did it because we love music, you know. So, yeah. And there's I mean, kids nowadays, they've got all those kids nowadays. All right. I'm getting <laughs> old <laughs> well, and cranky. But, know, but it's too. like it's like um, there's there's just so much. I mean, there's Spotify and there's so much free music. That if you if you think about it like like back in the day when you just had a, a record player or something it was like wow I have this disc that I put on this machine and like crank it up and then I hear music like I hear like a symphony mm-hmm. in my house like that it's so it's so far from that that mm-hmm. the value of music is kind of changed drastically and I think it's coming back in the other direction finally like people are waking up to it where they're like well I want to I want to have music that's personal and that's you know. Uh, someone someone did proper work and uh passion into rather than just like hearing the same you know uh bass beat when you go to the club or something exactly everything's so, oh i'm sorry go, no go ahead we'll say everything's so multimedia now that yeah people want more than just music people don't just sit around oh, and listen to music anymore unless you're like us that really you know care about it and want to study it almost yeah we do we study mm-hmm. it most, most people literally will just disregard it as background noise most of the time now even if it's something that's awesome yeah and that's that's what's hard. I mean, it's just like you said, like now it's about how colorful it can be and how much it can keep your attention. I don't write music to keep people's attention. I write music to, to music for intelligent, sophisticated people, for people that are, you know, sophisticated enough mm-hmm. to understand what's going on or to care to know what's going on. And to know? listen, yeah. So that's, sophisticated is the best word I can use to try to describe us. And because you get now, now you get a lot of musicians who maybe wrote three great songs that are really popular um, that are so-called popular even in a local scene and then they get really pretentious and they're kind of buttholes about it and they think they're better than people and, and that's not what it's about at all. The music should be the, the whole thing. It doesn't really matter who created it. You know, when I die, hopefully this will still be around in some form or fashion for somebody else to hear. It doesn't matter who's around, you know, it's just what did it do to the people who listen to it. So Right, right, and not just be like a passing fad like mm-hmm. like exactly. the top 40 might be or something. Exactly, like Pink Floyd. Weeks. Like, <laughs> right, like Pink Floyd, I still look back and say is one of the greatest bands of all time because mm-hmm. they did what they were good at. They didn't care what mm-hmm. people thought and they did it regardless of what people said and they blasted through time because they didn't sound mm-hmm. like anybody else, so... Well, good deal. Well, you got another track off the album to play for us? Uh, yeah, Wither Wicked World. Yes, Wither Wicked World. Yeah, let's do that one. Good deal. Well, this is uh, Wither Wicked World with Defeated Eden. Boom. There's no getting pain, no great tragedy. When this wicked, wicked world swallows our young. When idle hands meet a devil's mind. Sparking you and me. May our weary hearts 
Back to business. Yeah, All right, we're back to business with boom. the with boom. Steal my boom, you son of a bitch. Hey, Defeated up. Eden. There you go. Edit that. Right. Back Edit, to business. Yeah. Edit that. You might want to try that again. <laughs> no, I'm at you. No, I'm keeping that shit. <laughs> Dan even gets his You're word in. You're gonna hear that in the distant you, background. No, man, I'm keeping that shit. <laughs> so uh, while we're on the topic of this, of this, all this. Y'all been playing in the South for a while, right? Oh, yeah. So yeah. I know you have some stories about playing in the South. <laughs> Hippie oh, Hill. God. Oh, Hippie Jesus. Hill. Jesus, Lord, help no. us. Our, our, the, one of the last <laughs> bands that was with us played at Hippie Hill. Oh, they Did they made tell you a story? <laughs> Did they get shown their pot filled hanging off the side of the mountain? I mean, jeez. Look, they were nice people. We were misled. Is it more than a hill? Is it like a mountain or something? Oh, it's a <laughs> mountain. The whole thing, the whole yeah, thing was, was, was... It looked like that tower in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you know, like where that, that guy with the long white Gandalf hair. Gandalf wasn't smoking there. there. <laughs> no, but Gandalf drove up in an ice cream truck back from 1976. <laughs> and it said, helping hungry kids. That's what the whole thing was. A, it, was, it, was oh it was supposed to be like a fundraiser like... For helping hungry kids. We didn't know that they all he was lived the most on the mountain. successful wizard on the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> what we didn't know is we was raising money for their hungry kids because none of them had jobs or anything. Well, it's a called child. Hippie Hill. In their defense, it's called Hippie Hill, Tennessee. We didn't a y'all should have known. A child that was like two and a half walks up with a, uh, one of those uh, Michelob or natural eyes oh in his hand. And he's holding it with two hands. He's about to fall over. He's not wearing a shirt. And he's got on Daisy Duke shorts. <laughs> With no shoes. And he walks up to his dad and he goes, Here, daddy. And he goes, Good job, son. And he just grabs the beer from him. And I'm like, <laughs> I think he kicked him, told him to yeah. go on. You know? And he started talking to me. He's like, My wife's over there pregnant, selling t shirts. We make them over there behind that van. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think there's actually a comparable story. There was a, a show with Mike's cousin that was in, in attendance. That was a chick that was so drunk just started like this hippie rave ecstasy dancing, like acid yeah. tripping, <laughs> with like elbows like chicken wing, which you people can't see it, but I mean it was just like. And um, apparently she got beat up that night by, by the kid that was like 16 years old drinking <laughs> moonshine, double well, fisting moonshine. Actually, that was a it was a very that's impressive. That's if you survive that, that's my first show, killed the deer. dude. He yeah. was so your first drunk. show, oh first show breaking God. in property. Oh man, it, we got yeah, broken the deer too. Whew, some interesting, but it was really cool. <laughs> the place was really cool to play. I mean, there's a little bit of people there. I mean, yeah, no, it was show. a cool. It's a really cool venue actually. I mean, because it's a really good friend of ours. It's a cool venue out there and. I mean, it was it was interesting. It's Chris Portwood's band. Yeah, um, Days of the Broken mm-hmm. Fate. Days of the Broken Fate. Real good friends of ours. Um, What's the venue called? Um, the, the Grove. The, the Grove. Grove. Yeah, yeah, the Grove. Yeah. He's oh, okay. been doing that for years, though. They've been, and Chris is real good about keeping it down back there um, to a level where the cops don't come. So you know, that's always <laughs> the classic battle. Um, but yeah, they did. They they were gracious enough to invite us to come out there and play. So right. well, y'all uh, got any um, favorite venues around here you play? Uh, I don't know about see. favorite, but I think we got one that we played in Florence one time. Did you like to say what uh, Chris Speaks did on stage that time uh, up in Florence? What I did? Um, uh, what was it? Uh, no, I think it was north of. No, that's he's not ready. Florence. To that's not Florence. What was it? What was it? Oh, that was Lexington. 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 Uh, Michael, please elaborate told, on this. Told a bunch of fifteen-year-old kids to give it to me. <laughs> no. Listen, okay, we're, so we're fixing to go into a breakdown. Listen, yeah. Okay. So it's start from the beginning. Cut ties with the horizons. First of all. We go oh, all the way. You guys yeah, have heard this track, so it's like four hours. Listen, Mark right. needs to tell it because you you can't you're not objective. No, it. it needs to be cool. outside part. Go ahead, go ahead Mark. Tell the <laughs> story. Outside, please tell the story. I mean, there ain't much to tell. You told a bunch of no. Okay, it was, it was in the breakdown. To it to anyway, you. we get up there. It's a long story. We get there. We finally get up We're on stage to, to play because the first band took oh, yeah. two hours to play. Everybody's supposed to have forty <laughs> minutes, forty five minutes. Um, <laughs> we won't the even fir- go there. The first band played for uh, two hours. Yeah, two hours. Um, and, and, and look, and I have nothing against minutes. praise and worship music, but I do when it's a two-hour testament of your patience. Like it I was. Hope you're not <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, they, they're probably still playing right now. <laughs> that's, 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 that's so bad, but so true. But anyway, they played for like two hours. We finally got there to play, and everybody like. 
what's funny is it's a church. So we show up at this church and we're, they knew who we were, but we didn't know who they were. And we show up and it's like it's like a holiness church. And we're thinking, oh no, you know, everybody's <laughs> in skirts it? and stuff like that. I don't know if it, was a holiness it may not have been a holiness church, know, but, it but it seemed it was, like it because everybody was dressed. That was nice, very kind of you know, like very like it looked like by the book. We're in like um, we're looking like crap right now. Yeah, you know, we look like what we look like right now. Three hours on the road driving to this oh, place. Man. So we walk in the door and we're like, Just Do you guys know? Down. And we we've been on the road for four hours, so every one of us has to take a dump. And we walk in this place. <laughs> boom. I forgot about that part. Boom! Yes, boom! We walk in this Dude, place. Dude, it was bad. We were like, hey. No, 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 listen, listen. You guys defeated Eden that, yes. yeah, at yeah. that church. It we was said, over. We were like, have y'all heard our music? Do y'all know who we are? We're like, yeah. Yeah, you're good. Bring your stuff so in. Y'all so too, we're like, you know, right, where's your bathroom? Yeah. You yeah. We, went, we were in there, man, side by side, basically praying with each other. Like, I hope this goes well, because we both had to go. And it just, I mean, it was bad. And this kid walked This kid gets wait, scared. Wait, 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 wait. But no, he comes in. What did yeah, he say? he comes in. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> And runs out. It was so bad. Like, I couldn't breathe. Like, I, didn't, I, I held it. I think I peed in the cemetery. That's how bad y'all killed that bathroom. It, it was awful. I did like, really. Was out of commission the rest of the night. Anyway, and it was in the church. It was awful. Anyway, so we finally get on stage, and we're playing Cut Ties with the Horizons. There's a breakdown in the middle where there's like th- two seconds, maybe. And it breaks down, and it... And I... I was trying to get the kids into it, you know, just on the spur of the moment. Couldn't think of anything else to say. So I get up to the mic and I go, give it to me. And then I immediately, like, back up. He backed up. off into a immediately corner. Immediately. You said it once. No. You just said it once. Yeah. And you're like, we didn't realize it until I didn't know that. it. Yeah. John ever. We so. got it on video, though. Yeah, they got footage. I didn't see this. <laughs> it's terrible. It's more of hearing it. <laughs> and it's just as bad. I mean, what about when you were at... Uh, when we were playing at that other church and you were telling everybody about how you used to do drugs. And I am a recovering addict. Okay, I am. I'm proud of it. Been clean for about seven years. Hey, guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you guys can... What was kiss funny? My <laughs> no, he um, was kind of giving his testimony, I guess, you know, to talk about how, where he'd come yeah, from yeah. and all that stuff. So me and Mike are in the back of the church, though. We're tuning up. Tune it, yeah, and, tuning and, and like, we can hear him over the intercom t- <laughs> talking to the mic, whatever. this isn't my first time that I've, like, talked to kids <laughs> about the drug thing, you know? So they all know the story. And I always say, because I inherited, like, 30 grand, and I always say 30 grand right up my nose. And these douchebags are back there laughing <laughs> while I'm doing it. No, he reaches over to me stifled. while I'm tuning, and he goes, he goes, hey, hey, thirty thousand dollars up his nose, and it was quiet. And Kobe, Kobe was like, it was like a pause for dramatic emphasis, and he goes, thirty thousand dollars <laughs> up, up my, my nose. nose. But see, if you have to rehearse, you have to say, I had to do this like quite a few times, you know. But they all knew it, so they just wanted to be dicks about it. It's like, here's our favorite part. It's like, yeah, they find way for them knowing that I could have died from drug overdose. It was just so funny because he hit me like four times. He goes, dude, 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 $30,000 up his nose. So childish. <laughs> well, you guys, you did it. You're all still alive. Yeah. It's the end of the show. Somehow. All right. I thank God. I quit after this. Usually Thanks that's when the us. show ends. They're like, okay, so we had about 20 more minutes, but we're going to cut early. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for having yeah, us. No, thank we can't so No, we're, we're, was, we're psyched to have you. We uh, had a blast. We'll see. Look forward to seeing you at uh, Pegasus Records, the seventh of November. Amazing. That's a cool place in Boom. Florence. Come out and yes, it is. Pretty much downtown. Mm-hmm. What ten or five bucks, depending on your age? Yeah, definitely. If you're fifty-five, is it free or? No, because you said twenty. Man, there's like, the ones that got the retirement checks and social security checks. They got oh, right. right. big fifteen. We'll straight back to ten. Obama sucks. We anyway. not take EBT. <laughs> so there's no senior discount at this show. Can I play but... this trumpet? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's been waiting to play our trumpet. It's the Spice Radio. He's used to playing those flutes <laughs> a lot. He just likes the taste of pennies. Is really what it is. All right, guys. So what are you gonna end it on? It's all yours. Uh, Last track. Uh, Alpha the Omega. <laughs> we're gonna make noises. Apparently, is it, is it Alpha the Omega? <laughs> there yeah, may there end. may be a trumpet solo in the middle yes, of Alpha yes. Omega. <laughs> you can do so the you guys just wait for that. Um, yeah. So we're gonna end on the Alpha <laughs> the Omega. Well, thanks again, uh, guys, for coming. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, <laughs> bro. It was it was great. I'm Ben Job. That was Dan Bullard doing the sound. You're listening to Spice Radio. Huntsville, Alabama. Come out and uh, check them out at Pegasus Records, the 7th. Get their album. You can buy it there. Find them on Bandcamp. You can find them on Facebook. Facebook. MySpace, you said, yeah. iTunes. All right. All of them. All of them. Google. Defeated Eden. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. And and here's here's your last track. What was it again? The The Alpha, Alpha, the Omega. The Alpha, and the Omega.
This has been a production of Spice Radio from Huntsville, Alabama. You guys know what you want, and you don't have to do too much to get it. Get with us at spice-radio.com. If you have a podcast, you make music or art, or you have an event that you want to promote in the Tennessee Valley, you can find us at www.facebook.com slash Spice Radio Huntsville, or on Twitter at Spice Radio HSV. And again, our website, spice-radio.com.